Welcome to the Art of the Dive. I'm Marco. Part two of our international break pod. Tuesday, most of the games are done. USA-Mexico game tonight, which we will be watching. I don't know if Jake will, because he's got something else to do. Wink, wink. Anyways, Jake has not kept me waiting this time. For the first time, he was on time for the pod. It's good for Jake. Jake, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing well. Small improvements. Um... Dude, I'm ready for week five, but I'm also very nervous, so that's just butterflies, you know? Yeah, butterflies in your butt, that's the same. <laughs> I don't think that's the same, but I'm just thinking, once I make this decision, I'm going to have to stick with my team for ten weeks for the most part, so... Yeah, that's true. You you are on your wild card if people missed last week's pod. Uh, we did do, just so in case somebody did, we did do a pod last week, um, kind of like wrapping up game week four and talking about what happened. Uh, and we split the pod in half. So this week we're going to um, talk a little bit about what's coming up in game week five here. We'll kind of quickly recap the international break and things that might have happened. Uh, but Jake, you're on your wild card. Have you been tinkering a lot or have you been kind of letting it sit? Been letting it sit, but I feel like that typical college kid that has a final coming up and maybe went to I don't know 60% of his classes and is having to take the final exam so I have a lot of work to do within the next couple days I just started digging deeper into the doldrums that are XG and XA recently and I feel I feel like actually there's not a lot of options in the midfield, which is contrary to what I thought at the beginning of this season. And I'm starting to realize that the options are more in the forward line, which is actually kind of surprising compared to last year. That's interesting because in the beginning part of the season, we really were kind of against that. What has changed your mind? Looking looking more at actual XG and XA put together, there's very few midfielders that have both of those things, and it could change, like, don't get me wrong. Um, I know a lot of people are on, like, Madison for Leicester because they have great fixtures, but he's nowhere near, like, the top of the table for either of those things, really. Um, so, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I really do think that midfield, you need to have a set, like, six to eight guys, and if you go somewhere else, you're taking a very big, scary punt if you're on on your wild card. Yeah, so you've cited your XG and XA a few times now. You know, last week you took a little bit of a tone with me about XG and XA. What's, what's up well, with that? You've come around or what? I've, I've come around, but a, a little bit too... I, I was comparing different sources, and that's where I think I was getting in a little bit of an argument. Um, one of my sources had Holobos higher than Mendy on XG and XA combined. Um, and then, like, looking more, you know, it is, it's not the only thing that sets players apart, like, like we talk about the eye test and heat maps and things like that, but factoring those in as well which I've really I've started building I don't know why I just decided to build around my midfield first um but I've realized that they're really putting all those factors together there's only a few good choices so yeah okay well we'll talk a little bit more about your wild card and kind of your team structure towards the end of the pod so if people are interested in kind of how Jake's putting that together stay tuned uh but let's just kind of get into what has happened since the last pod um First off, uh, J.G. Hodge, a gentleman that writes hodgepodge articles for us, wrote a nice article last week called The Solid Conundrum. Had like the most views. I didn't even tell you that, Jake. It had like the most views we've ever had on a posting on our website. I think it has like about 160 or 170 reads now, uh, which is... That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's very good. Um, thank, thanks in part to uh, a couple um, FPL accounts that helped us like tweet it out and share it um we're part of two groups the hashtag fpl beer club and the hashtag fpl content group so if any of you guys are listening to that thank you because i know a few of uh, those people helped us out so um anyways so jason wrote a, another article this week um kind of uh, his wild card musing so if people haven't checked out jason's articles yet basically what he does is he picks a topic that jake and i talk about on the pod it could be 
literally anything that that kind of piqued his interest. And then he just writes like a reflection on it. Sometimes they're a little bit more database. Sometimes they're a little bit just more um, like qualitative, like kind of his thoughts and his ideas and other people's thoughts and ideas mixed in. Um, but they're a good read. They're an easy read. Um, and they're, if you go to our website, they're just as like blog posts. So you'll see them. They're called hodgepodge articles. Check them out. Uh, he did write another part two for game week four this week, um, that he's kind of finishing up right now. So I'll post that, uh, in the next couple days, if you're interested in reading it. Also, you can find them. I normally post links on the Twitter account. Uh, some more kind of business. Um, our boy, FPL Jim, let me just start off. Um, Jim made us a fixture ticker is currently what it's called. But basically, it's a fixture difficulty rating chart. So he has taken into account uh, a number of different factors. It's up on our website. We just got it up. Um, so there's still a little bit of formatting that we're working on. So bear with us. But it's a really nice tool. Um you know, I, I think that it it goes into a lot more detail than just looking at the fixture difficulty ratings that uh, the official FPL website uses. So I just put it up um, like yesterday. So go on our website, divefpl.com and, uh, and check that out and give us some feedback like on ways that maybe you think that we could... Um, you know, maybe just make it a little bit more user-friendly. Um, Jim is like super open to, uh, you know, editing it and making it something that the FPL community can use. Now, Jake, you were talking that you're maybe going to do like a short article. You want to write something about uh, fixture difficulty? Yeah, actually, the the article's done. Um, and it basically is talking about how the, the biggest... <clears throat> like load of garbage and fpl is the fixture ticker for me um there's a lot of examples of why teams shouldn't stay ranked the way they are uh like playing away against arsenal or even at home against arsenal is a four um and and they don't i i don't actually know um do they update it throughout the year i don't they may, think so they may do it a couple no okay. yeah so well, that's gonna be one of the big i think that Official FPL, I think, and someone will probably tell us that we're wrong, but I think they just basically set them at the beginning of the year. Like teams receive a number based on on who they are, and then I think there's also something that takes into account like home and away. Uh, but Jim is going to be updating teams like every week based off performance. So I think that that's one thing that's really going to help set his fixture ticker apart from the official FPL version. Yeah, and Jim and I must have been on wavelengths because literally that's what my whole article is about um, and how, you know, even if you know, and I think most of the majority of people who have done FPL for a few years realize that it's not something to follow super strictly, but it's still something that they should be improving on their website. We have so many other things that give us so much underlying statistics Um articles and yet we have basically a number system of one through five <laughs> they don't even use the number system one so it's two through five yeah, that's true um and what does that even mean i guess you know like some teams are a four what but what does that what, like what does that mean i guess does that mean they're hard to score on or you expect them to be hard to score on because arsenal's defense was terrible last year they shouldn't be a four this year yeah um, they gave up two goals to cardiff they, yeah, things things like that. Like that that to me is just a, a travesty that that's even on their website personally. Yeah, but I can That's what the article's about so we compare that together. Yeah, okay, so we'll get the article out this week. So a lot of new stuff to check out on the website. Uh Jim's fixer ticker, Jake's article and uh JG Hodge's um wildcard article that's coming out. So uh, that said though, Jake, you said earlier that you think that you and Jim are maybe on the same wavelength. You are not on the same wavelength because following our pod last week, Jim tweeted at us and i quote what should i say it probably in like a british accent you can try man harry potter <laughs> the hell man <laughs> netherlands overcoming and hanging with me in england and then you'd punch me in the balls you could eat yorkshire pudding essel cakes drink yorkshire tea and say nah then cock to everyone that was me being FPL Jim. I don't know if that's what he sounds like, but uh, so yeah, Jake, you—he's mad because you said you'd rather hang out with fans from the Netherlands than than over in Britain, and uh, then you also said that you would punch him in the balls instead of Wojtek. 
To be fair, that was definitely the hardest question. Not the <laughs> punching in the balls. That one was easy. Yeah, you didn't want to get um, killed. Not, yeah, exactly. But Britain versus Netherlands hard. I mean, they're both on my list to visit. I, I think I was in a place last week where I would have rather visited the Netherlands. And this week I may be more on the Britain train because I'm, I'm kind of feeling the FPL. need to go watch some soccer. I'm excited. So yeah. and it just depends. Day-to-day basis. I think I'm saying that right. Essel cakes? I don't know how to say it. But I didn't even know what they were, so I looked them up. They're like a beautiful little cookie pastry thing. I really want them in my mouth. Honestly, though, the food is probably the biggest turnoff to me for England. Like a lot of a lot of questionable things, like shepherd's pie and stuff like that. I don't. A lot know. of good beer. Good beer, yeah, that's yeah. fair. So, but food, I am not so hot. Jim on that. suggested that you should have to say a Yorkshire saying during every pod. Uh, I thought it was a funny idea, so he gave me one. But I'm not going to tell you what it okay. means, and you can't look it up. Okay. Oh, God. Can I look it up after the pod? Yeah, but you have to use it once during the pod. You need to just kind of guess where you think it fits in. Okay, sounds good. All right, the saying is, cheers, me old mucka. Okay. Okay, Okay. I can try to do that. You got to guess where it is, and you have to say it like I did. Okay, so uh, let's get into, like, real FPL stuff. Unfortunately, there's no games to talk about this weekend. Uh, Yes, I borderline wanted to kill myself this weekend. No, suicide's not a joke, but I still made a joke about it. Uh, it was bad. I, like, was so bored this weekend. I had to, like, do things around the house and take care of my real life. Um, but we did have international games, and so I thought we'd just quickly talk about international matches, uh, these friendlies, kind of friendlies in Europe, not really. Um, but I guess the first question that I would ask you, Jake, I want to get your thoughts. Does international form matter is it like worth for us to really talk about because just an example like Mitrovic in his last match had a brace and FPL managers everywhere were jerking each other off about how like they were on their wild card and they're bringing Mitrovic in and now he's going to score 100 goals because he scored two goals on international duty what are your thoughts on that yes and no Um, I don't think it hurts and I definitely keep an eye on those players. And, like, Lukaku's also scored a brace today, which is nice to see. Um, but completely different teams, you know, completely different styles of play, can dif- completely different environment for the most part. Like, most of that, I guess the European games kind of matter for UEFA. So, um, but I will say I, I take it into account, but I don't overreact to it. Like, I like to see my players, like Mitrovic, who's currently in my team, scoring for sure. Um, but I don't necessarily think if they blank that it's like, oh, I, I don't go with them. Or, you know, if they do really well, I have to bring them into my team. It's not like I need need to have Mitrovic and Lukaku now, you know? So Yeah, I mean, we had some, like, kind of conflicting thoughts on Twitter when we threw this question out there. Uh, Steven Toomey at sixth goal says, I haven't put much into what they've done. I know the players I want and will get them regardless of, regardless of international form. Uh, trust the pog cess. Uh, says, doesn't matter where you play or with whom, form counts. Good international performances brings confidence back to club matches. Certainly something to pay attention to. Um, and at FF Bud uh, says, I mean, it tells you who's at least playing well since a player's been scoring in the Premier League. I think it matters. Um, and then he talks about Mitrovic. The reason why I wanted Mitrovic in the first place was because he was scoring in the World Cup. Um, so I don't know, like some kind of different thoughts. My personal opinion is that it doesn't really matter. And, um, FPL Narwhal also commented on that. He says, nope, different roles and in competition internationally, tons of examples of players, for example, Podolsky, who's had great international success, but very poor at the club level form is a flawed concept anyways. Um, I guess for me, my argument would almost be with the exception of maybe a, a few instances I actually don't really want my guys playing in the international matches. I'd way rather my guys be off uh, for an extra couple days, resting, getting their legs up. You know, I just don't know that I want my guys playing the extra games, especially this year after the World Cup. Yeah, I think I think form matters for strikers. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. I've never really played that position. Um, you could have though. Getting ready. For, yeah, could have, could have. Um, 
But yeah, there's something to be said for them seeing the ball go in the back of the net when they take a shot. Uh, I think that does translate over, but I also agree, like, do, do I want my defenders and midfielders playing 90 tough minutes, maybe picking up little knocks that we're never going to know about? No. Um, I'd much rather them be rested and ready to go. So, again, I, I fall in the middle, and in, in the gray zone. Um, gay zone, yeah. So, yeah, the gray right, zone. Right, the, the gay zone. The gay, gray zone right yeah exactly so uh i think it matters a little bit but i don't overreact to it yeah i guess that that's probably fair i i agree with the idea of, of confidence but you know it's like you said guys pick up little knocks and that kind of brings us into this injuries thing um we just have a list of a few guys that over this international break are either healing from injuries and could be back or have picked up injuries and will probably not be back um bernardo silva picked up a little a little side injury or something in the first Portugal match, but then in the second one, he was good to go. Um, so he should be okay. Um, Frazier uh, from Bournemouth picked up a training match injury. So he was training and got hurt. Uh, I don't know. There has been almost no word online about what's going on there, but the consensus seems to be that he's probably not playing this weekend. I don't know if that's true or not. Have you heard anything about that? The same, that he's probably not playing this weekend, which I think we'll talk about later is actually a blessing for me. So Uh, Zaha should be back. He's back on the training ground. Um, Walcott, who picked up that rib injury, I believe, was that game week four, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he's most likely going to be out is what it sounds like. Um, He hasn't really been training. He could. The thing is, like, players can come back if they have, like, a Sunday match. They could start training on Wednesday or Thursday and play Sunday. So, um, Carney uh, over at Fulham still dealing with the ankle injury. We haven't heard anything about that. Uh, Sterling and Alley both pulled out of the second England game. Um, apparently hurt in quotations. They're both uh, reportedly fine. They just didn't really want to play in the second match. And then Luke Shaw died. So um, that's kind of sad. Isn't isn't he like okay or no? no he's he's, he's, he's okay. literally dead. Um, oh, they've okay. actually already buried him. So out for the rest of the season? No, li- for the rest of his life, Jake. He's dead. Oh, okay. okay. Did you Good see the know. video? No, I haven't seen the video. So yet. I don't remember who he makes contact with, but um, he does. He gets KO'd on the hit, and it's not like that hard of a hit. It's kind of like uh, he got hit like kind of in the temple, and he was kind mm-hmm. of half jumping like fat Luke Shaw jumping for the ball uh, okay. and he just literally crumples like it looked like he was literally had died on the field uh, but you, you know what's the most ironic part of this is remember when we talked about which FPL players we'd be and I was like I would be Luke Shaw yeah and and how throughout college I had so many injury issues I just like cursed him like this is my fault so it is your fault it is your fault mm. you're you're the reason Luke Shaw died yeah i think so uh it's yeah it's probably not like that great to like make fun of he did literally collapse but um he uh you know they they set down uh mcdonald's double cheeseburger in front of him and he woke right back up he's fine so uh (laughs) he should be good to go in the next couple weeks uh he's going through concussion protocol for real right now so um just keep an eye on it um any other like injuries or international stuff jake no, I think that was the main stuff that I've seen so far as well. You excited for the USA game tonight? I'm not going to get to watch it, so I'm not super excited. Yeah, I don't know that that matters anyways. But uh, Okay, let's take a short break. Um, when we come back, we will talk a little bit about the game week coming up here in the matches. Uh, we've got an It's a Trap section this week, um, a short section where I'm going to ask Jake some uh, dirty 21 questions about FPL players he fantasizes about, and then Captain shouts, and we'll wrap the pod up. Stay tuned. Okay, we are back getting into that game week preview for game week five. Got a couple days here until things launch, but I'm excited. We got a question from FPL Sexy, our boy. He says, I'm moving slowly off fullbacks and swapping to center backs over the next four to six weeks to avoid Champions League and Europa rotation in a bit. Good idea or just ride out the occasional benching? I think it's a great question. I mean, we know that there's going to be a ton of rotation coming up. Um, Jake, where is there some security there? 
I'm really worried. This is one of the hardest questions to answer because I don't think anyone can say they know for sure. I think Alonzo needs to stay in your team no matter what um, based on his performance and what he does for that team and the fact that, I, again, this is a guess, but I really don't think that he'll be used a ton for Europa in, in the group stages because I don't think he's going to need to. Um, he may get benched like one one EPL game. Mendy and Robertson, I feel like for Champions League, are going to be more likely to be benched maybe one or two games within the next 10 game weeks because they definitely have harder matches. That being said, when they do play, I still think that they're more likely to get returns um Liverpool's a little bit scarier because their fixtures are a little bit trickier um but the question is like what what center backs do you bring in that are going to be scoring a bunch of goals like there's no center backs to me that are it's like oh yeah they're most likely to get goals um honestly like Sean Morrison would be the best option and I think paying five for him and not getting any clean sheets is is hard to do so I'm more in the camp of go. just going with five five wingbacks, um, but making sure that your other wingbacks are actually going to play and, and have good fixtures. I 100% agree. I think you're going to get more points over the season. The other thing that you could argue is that, let's say you, like, let's just take an example. You drop Rabo and you go to VVD. You could also argue that, and VVD is certainly more likely to start every match than Rabo is, uh, but... You could also argue that the Liverpool defense is going to be weakened because Rabo's not in the lineup, that their their Virgil is going to be under more pressure, that that team is more likely to get scored on in the first place. So personally, I think you just bite the, the bullet and you deal with that occasional benching. And like you said, you just make sure that you have playing players that can come in and uh, give you some minutes. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that's I, I think that's the way I'm going to go. Yeah. So hands down. Okay, good. I agree. Uh, all right, let's get into the game week. Uh, there are matches Saturday, Sunday, and there's one match on Monday. Let's start right from the top. Huge match for the to start the week off is uh, Spurs-Liverpool in the AM. Um, I mean, a really exciting game. Both teams have not quite yet like shown us exactly what they can do. They've both you know, kind of been a little bit... You know, Liverpool start off really well and then has kind of like... You know they haven't they haven't necessarily gotten it going the level that we thought that they were. And Spurs has been the same. Actually, Spurs have been the same the last three seasons, right? Where they're like they look great one game, and then the next game you're like, wow, that is a boring team to watch play. Uh, but two heavy hitters. What are you expecting from the game from an FPL perspective? I don't know. That's the the most honest answer. Good. It's a this good thing we have a pot. time. Yeah. Well, it's the first time that these two teams are actually playing against higher table teams um oh man sorry there's a chopper overhead probably a police chase right now oh sweet welcome to la welcome to la (laughs) um so i think there's one of two things will happen this game will be like a 1-1 or 2-1 game or it's going to be really open because they're actually going to both think that they can score goals and so what you're saying let me get this straight what you're saying is either there's going to be a lot of goals scored or not a lot of goals scored no i I mean i don't (laughs) think it's going to be a i don't think it's going to be a shutout and i think it's i would be hard pressed to want defenders for either of these games because i think both teams will score especially since spurs is at home i think liverpool i think liverpool wins 2-1 okay that's what i think really happens that's good i mean uh, yeah i think that we're gonna see those players for liverpool all starting that's a concern for some managers um I just don't see uh, Klopp thinking to himself, like, yeah, I can sit Robertson, I can sit Mane, I can sit Salah. You have to have the, the best players on the pitch when you play a team like Spurs, or you're not going to win. Uh, even though they did bring in players like Shakiri this this last season and, and a number of good midfield players, I think they brought those types of players in to help deal with like the earlier Champions League matches that we're going to be seeing now. Liverpool want to contend for a title this year, and if they want to, they can't drop points against top sides. 
Yeah, exactly. And they already can tell that Man City's not the same Man City so far. Um, so they're feeling that they have a shot. So I think, I agree. I, th- I don't think this is the game I'm worried about them not playing, but I'm still worried about having Robertson because I don't think he's super likely to get a clean sheet. I, I mean, Spurs, granted, they don't create a ton of chances all the times, but they, they typically get a goal. Yeah. So Okay, uh, so Leicester and Bournemouth, a couple players really to keep an eye on in this match. Um, I'm guessing both teams are really going to go for it. They probably both, at this point in the season, are off to okay starts, but they both want three points. Um, Colin Wilson currently on an XG of uh, 3.1, uh, and he only has two goals. So he's he's underperforming his expected right now, which is good. And Bournemouth as a team are actually underperforming their expected goals. They have uh, an expected of 3.42 right now in open play. Uh, so they're underperforming that by uh, 1.42. So a team that is starting to get that offensive spark back. You know, two years ago, we looked to Bournemouth as a team to provide us with some attacking returns at really reasonable prices. Last year, they were in the freaking dumpster the whole year. And now this year, it seems like they've they've really figured things out again. They're getting forward. They're attacking really well. Um, do you have any players on the Bournemouth team uh, in your wildcard? Right now, Callum Wilson is in my team, and I don't think he's going to be leaving. Um I agree. I think the hard thing for me is what to do with Leicester. Uh, We'll talk about that. And then the other thing on Bournemouth is that their defense has actually been very good as well. They've been a good team. A lot of people are talking about when when will Watford fall off, but I also have a creepy suspicion. It's like when will Bournemouth go back Uh. to their dumpster fire of a team. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they won't do that, but um, hard hard to know. Uh, Leicester though, is more what I'm interested in because I'm considering Vardy um, a lot. And there's also a lot of talk about Madison. But what concerns me is just their really low XG as a team. And the question is, is that due to Vardy being suspended? Or is that just the way they're going to play this whole year now that Mahrez is off their team and their defense is a little bit better? I I don't know. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, uh, the, the, the Leicester coach, Poole, is like known, Claude, right? Isn't that his name? Uh, yeah, he's like Claude. known to be a kind of a, a just a shit like defensive coach where he's like, yeah, we'll just pack it in and I'll lose every single fucking season. And, but um, yeah, so, so I definitely think that Vardy being gone affects that team. Um, but also, yeah, the way they're being coached. I mean, they're being coached to kind of sit back. They do have a pretty absurd like strong run of games coming up in terms of fixtures yeah like absurd run of fixtures and that's why i think a lot of people are considering them but it just scares me with claude you know like even his name sounds defensive (laughs) what about defenders i i think defenders it's reasonable i I like chill well yeah what's the price there Um, five or you could go smichael if you want a differential at goalkeeper but i think chill is the best uh person to go with in the defense a lot of people are interested in Pereira but I'm a little bit more Chilwell playing in the left back is creating more chances um and I think Pereira is going to get moved back to the right back and stay there so okay yeah I mean it'll be an interesting game I think it'll give us a really good idea of where these two teams are at they're probably going to be pretty evenly matched so we'll kind of see you know what what types of performances are these teams going to roll out when they face other mid-team teams um, or excuse me, mid-table teams. Um, okay, mm-hmm. Chelsea Cardiff. Uh, this is a some. This game has a lot of fantasy implications. I mean, we all know that Cardiff has kind of an inability to produce goals, with the exception of when they're playing the defensively inept Arsenal. Uh, Hazard's been on a roll lately. Alonso's been on a roll lately. You know, we've got this question of like, is it Pedro or Willian? So we have a couple things to talk about. Um, let's just start with another question from FPL Sexy on the Chelsea side of things. Uh, he says, if you have Alonso and Pedro, would you still look at Hazard or is a triple up too much on the Chelsea side? What do you think about that, Jake? I think a triple up is too much. Um, maybe not for the next two games, but moving forward after that, yes. Um, you, I feel like when you triple up, you're really hoping that the team scores three or more goals, and I don't see Chelsea doing that 
consistently, especially since they do have some tough fixtures after these next two games, Cardiff and West Ham. Uh, but I don't think it's a bad idea just to stick with Alonso and Pedro. Hazard is a conundrum for me. Um, I'm not going to lie. He creates a lot of chances, um, but his price tag is very high. It's in it's over it's over Mane, and Mane has better underlying stats. Yeah. Um, the the key thing for Hazard is that we know he's nailed on PKs, right. and he doesn't tend to miss them um and that's where paying that little extra price might be worth it but he's he's a difficult thing to bring in because if you have sala and you go hazard it's really hard to create a very balanced team with the fact that all these higher price defenders are doing so well yeah he is a tough one because if you look at his statistics and for, for the record jake and i i don't know what you use jake i normally use understat for most of my stats where do you get your stuff mm-hmm. I'm I'm mixing right now because I do have the luxury of this international break, um, so I'm taking averages of a couple places. Wow, that's pretty serious. Uh, anyways, uh, Hazard's really interesting. His shots per ninety is four point zero nine, and his key passes per ninety is actually the same. So, for like a good number to think like in your head, if if you're looking at shots per ninety or key, or key passes per ninety, very elite players are getting around four. So plus or minus a little bit there. Um, but interestingly, his expected goals is only 1.24. And he's he's actually outperforming that number right now with two goals. And his expected assists are at 0.9, which he's also outperforming. So I guess what you would say with Hazard is he's a player that can outperform like some of these XGXA numbers by a little bit because of his extreme skill and the fact that he keeps the ball a lot um, in difficult situations. That said, you hear this complaint about him all the time in the FPL world. Oh, I brought Hazard in and he hasn't scored now for eight weeks. And I think that's what happens with him. He he outperforms kind of his expected returns for 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 periods of time where he's very explosive. And then all of a sudden he goes completely blank for a number of weeks in a row. Yeah, because he's putting himself in difficult situations even watching him like we talk about this with the eye test when you watch him he seems to slow chelsea down um and takes so many touches that he gets completely collapsed on and then yeah that gives him a chance to pass the ball to a wide open pedro or someone else but it's it's a risky move to pay 10.7 million for a player like that so i guess we'll see how it works out i mean i could i do see this hazard move for some managers as a make or break for them this season. Like some managers are going to take a punt on him. And because of his expense, most managers can only pull it off during a wild card here. Uh, and so some managers are going to fly. And they're either going to fly if he performs or if he is a dud, managers are just going to sink. You're going to be stuck with him till Christmas. Yeah, honestly, though, the other thing I was considering, and tell me if this is a stupid idea and I still have some time to think about it, is bringing him in, seeing how he does, I mean, at least for two game weeks, and then maybe seeing what mid-priced midfielders continue to shine and just make a double swap for him. But Yeah, it's not a terrible idea. It's just, you know how my, my thoughts on the wild card, I've said this on the pod like 20 times, I hate out of a wild card planning moves. Like saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do in two weeks because you just don't know exactly how your team's going to shake out. And the other thing that I really, you know, do not like is spending 10.7 for a guy that I'm planning to possibly bump out of my team. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, I, I know, I agree. That's what's hard. It's really hard with him. Um, difficult decision all around. So, yeah. okay, let's get off Chelsea. Nothing to really talk about with Cardiff. So, uh, Huddersfield Crystal Palace. You know, it's too bad. The second that you and I say that Crystal Palace are a good team on the pod, uh, they go and take a dump the next two game weeks. Yeah, I, I, I think we overreacted to them a little bit. I just don't think they're that great. That being said, though, they're missing probably their two of their most important players in Tompkins, who really keeps that back line looking sharp, and then Zaha, who really puts together all of their offensive abilities um because he just is so good so when those players come back crystal palace may find form again but for right now i i kind of stay away even with the the good fixture here yeah tompkins it doesn't look like is 
going to be back. Uh, let's see. Reported by Roy, he hasn't trained since it happened, and whether he will be available to join us ahead of Huddersfield, I wouldn't be available to tell you. From PremierLeagueInjuries.com. So currently, Ben Dinnery, the kind of master of injuries in the FPL world, says that he is ruled out for the next match. Yeah, I think that he really is kind of the the main factor in that team and making sure they tick. And without Zaha, they don't have pace up front to go break the line. Good news, though, sounds like Benteke's hurt. Yeah, that's actually something I was keeping an eye on. Like, Sorloth is an interesting player to me. So I love Sorloth. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't understand why he doesn't get a run out. But. Yeah, uh, well, he probably will this week, so... Uh, do you have anything to comment about Huddersfield or not really? No, in all honesty, I would be more inclined to go with a Cardiff defender like Morrison, who has some attacking potential. Like, he got an assist against Arsenal. He missed another header that he probably should have scored to tie at 3-3. I would be more apt to go with a player like that than a Huddersfield defender. Um, although, I will say Schindler... Uh, tends to, whenever they do get cleans, get three bonus yeah, points. Yeah, that's so. true. Uh, okay, City-Fulham. Uh, I'm predicting 4-1 victory for City. City are at home. Aguero brace. Uh, Fulham, defensively, have just not been good this year. Pretty decent offensively. Um, I would expect that they're going to be able to get a goal on the counter with some of the pace that they use on the wings and Mitro kind of like bossing through those, those center backs in the middle. Uh, but I could actually see like Fulham coming out and saying, I think I might have heard this on like another, oh yeah, the FMLFPL guys, uh, another pod that's pretty solid, um, said something like, Fulham is a team that's still naive enough to think that they can compete with Man City. And I thought that that was like such a, like a really intuitive line. They do seem like a team that would step out and think, yeah, oh yeah, we can compete with the champions and we're going to, we're going to take it to them. Whereas everyone else in the league is like, oh fuck, just don't rape us. You know, like they bunker as tight as they can. I think they could leave the door open for City to just bang goals. I think City will score some goals, but the question is, is it going to be Aguero? You said it with a lot of confidence, and I don't know. It will be Aguero. Brace. I don't don't necessarily think that's true. but Aguero brace. um, I'm interested in David Silva. I think he creates a lot of key opportunities. He's a cheaper midfield option in that 8.5 range. Fulham to me is interesting. They like you said, they go for mm-hmm. it. There's a lot of goals in every game that they play. Like we were joking around. I think we talked about it last pod. Like, let's go. If you if you could make your team this week, you know, Mitrovic, Gross, Glenn Murray. Which who would really <laughs> want those three players on their team for throughout the year? I mean, you know, Gross had a good season last year, and Murray not terrible, but sure enough, Glenn Murray, two goals, Mitrovic two goals or a goal and assist i forget but yeah just, and, and against burnley too it was like four to two there's just going to be a ton of goals in the games that they play and their fixtures aren't bad i th- i think the hard thing is who do you go with besides mitrovic for fulham or do you just take him like everyone else I'd probably so. just go with him or Schuler. Shula, yeah. yeah. Schuler, Schuler, if he plays every game he's an interesting player to me and not very expensive so yeah um, okay, Newcastle Arsenal. Um, I, you know the issue with Arsenal still is exactly what that lineup's going to look like. You know, is it? It's possible that Mickey is now a rotation player. For the record, we did say that a few pods ago. Um, you know, we said that yeah, he's probably a good pick, but we have to keep an eye on Lacazette, who isn't going to sit on the bench all year. Uh, and where else is he going to play? So there's that issue. Um, you know, Ozil is still terrible. Obama man had a goal in the last game, but is not getting the chances that he needs to get in order to score goals. I just don't really know like where to go with the Arsenal team still. And they go against a Newcastle team that has basically been pretty organized defensively from the start of the season. Yeah, Newcastle give up a lot of chances. I think Arsenal will get a goal, maybe two, but I, I completely agree. I think Lacazette's their best player. Um, some people are interested in Ramsey because he had a lot of touches in the box in their last game. He's so up and down and he's such an injury risk. I would never, never go with him. Um, would you say kind of like Walt? Well, would you say right now, like these two teams just like avoid? Yes, yeah. I would avoid. Honestly, if you were to go with 
anyone, maybe Lacazette would be the way to go. But you're you're gonna have to you're completely guessing that he's right. nailed on, which is by no means true. Yeah. Um, you know, I was hoping that Jaka would get concussed like Luke Shaw did during their Switzerland game, and that hasn't happened. Uh. So, you know, if anything, go with like Hoselu or Joselu or however you say his name because he'll probably score two goals against Arsenal. Yeah. Or Rondon. Who knows? So. Rondon. I love Rondon. Chuck will pass the ball to him. <laughs> he, I mean, by at some point, the forward's not going to miss a wide-open one-on-one when or a one-on-one breakaway when he does that. Like, I don't know. some point. So. Arsenal's the biggest joke ever. There we go. So. Yeah, needed that in the pod. Uh, needed it. <laughs> Cheers, you old mucker. That... God damn it. Why did you say that? No, well, you told me I had to say it at some point. That's so inappropriate to say at that point, Jake. You have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah, but well, I, I made my best guess. God, you are Is such a piece right? of shit. My God. <laughs> what? <laughs> For the record, cheers, you old mucker. Uh, according to Jim, is like saying hello to somebody in Yorkshire. Okay. Uh, so I had to look up what a mucker was. Um, you might not want to Wikipedia it, Wikipedia it, but I think it was like basically... The way you could think about it, and it's not the same job, but like you kind of consider it like a like a hardworking blue collar job, like that's what we'd say. Okay. I think that's the same thing, like what we'd say in America, like a really like factory or like I, th- I don't know. I think muckers like shoveled shit or something. I don't know exactly. But, but wait a second, then you then you set me up for failure because when would I have said hello after we started the pod? Yeah, There's not, no... at no point would you have said it. <laughs> okay son of a bitch so jim did volunteer that he'd send some more funny sayings for you to have to say once per pot i think it could be a funny thing yeah that'll be good i'm up for that and hey not to mention a little culture in our lives okay yeah we should definitely learn more about britain before we go yeah all right uh united watford kind of an interesting game you know because watford's been flying high and united finally put together a decent performance against a pretty bad burnley team last week you know, Luke Shaw's dead. Lukaku scores for country, scores two goals against Burnley. So it's interesting because we have this Wofford team that has been flying high. A lot of people are suddenly boning out over. I'm happy to see the two of them go head to head. It'll be really interesting. It should be a good game. Um, I'm interested in Lukaku, like shoot me in the face, but he's he's been fantastic. I mean, he's, it hasn't been fantastic, but the amount of chances he's getting is definitely not bettered by any forward um and they have a good run of fixtures yeah it's hard let's i mean let's talk about lukaku just really quickly last season at the beginning of the season a lot of people talked about him and then we basically all just like stopped talking about him right because he didn't have a terrible year last year he scored some goals the issue was he scored so many goals for everton um, he was such an amazing player for them. And then he's been asked to play kind of differently for Manchester United. And here's the thing. He's he's a good footballer. He's very, very fast, uh, very, very strong. At some point, you have to think that he would kind of figure it out and turn the corner. The other big thing at United is he plays 90 minutes every game. That's the thing that I'm most interested in. And I do think that with Lukaku, it's pretty easy. When they go against teams that they can boss, he's worth having. When they go against top-table teams, he's not worth yeah. having. So flat track it's really bully. that simple with him. He's a flat-track. So. That's what the English say, right? Flat-track bully. Yeah, I, I think he's... If you went into the dictionary, there's a picture of him. Um, Somewhere in the dictionary? Of If you look that up, flat-track bully. That's what I was that saying. That is not yeah, in the I dictionary. too clearly. Well, if it was, if it, it, you know, if we had a dictionary of English sayings like cheers, you old mucker and flat track bully, there'd be a picture of Lukaku in it for that. You know, that's a racist thing to say, Jake. Do you even know what flat track bully means? No, I just figured. Yeah, me neither. I just called you a racist for fun. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, What's the news with Young? Is, is he ever coming back to play for Man United? Um, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, he, you know, was like not quite fit. Then he had a little injury. Um, he's gonna have to probably play now with Shaw being dead. So, guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. He's someone that I'm interested in. You know, but okay, Wolves Burnley. Um, hoping for a Wolves clean sheet here. I have my boy Patricio in goal. Burnley has just been so brutal to start the year. You begin to start asking those questions, like you know, were Burnley just really outperforming? 
last year, overperforming last year, and now they've kind of regressed. Um, is it because of the Europa League games that they had to play early in the season that they have a tough start? Um, you know, is it just bad luck? I don't know. There's no one I'm interested on in the Burnley team, but Wolves have a few options, mostly kind of towards the back end at this point, just because they're pretty cheap and their expected goals have been relatively low in each match. Yeah, I think Wolves' defense is better than we thought originally. Um, any team that can hold Man City to one goal is, it, you know, it at least got a pretty solid back line. Right now, I'm interested in Patricio uh, off the wild card again. And I'm also looking in Wolves' defense, maybe even doubling up, which seems a little bit crazy, but just because of how cheap they are, I'm interested in it. So. Okay. Uh, Everton-West Ham. What are your thoughts on this match? I mean, West Ham just can't seem to get it going. Everton shows signs of like being a really good offensive team at points in matches and then tend to go on to disappoint us at some point. Um, Walcott, like we said earlier, probably out. Uh, Richarlison should be back, right? Yeah, Richarlison's still suspended. I think this is, is his last game. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought he. I, so. I thought he was so. uh, back. No, he's got one more game, which is unfortunate. Um, Silva's just kind of had bad luck with all the injuries and the suspensions. Uh, Keen, Richarlison, with the red card and Walcott. Now, I think Everton is a top table team, like you know, lower, or I guess, slightly above mid table. Uh, I think their offense is better than their defense, but right now I, it's hard because you're if you go with Richarlison, you're bringing in a guy that you're not going to play against West Ham. And I think Theo Walcott's actually the better choice still with his assist potential, but you know he's hurt, and you never know when he's going to be back, and you don't know when he's going to be hurt again. So I'm staying away from these teams. Arnie, he's not an unreasonable keep, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I agree. So. Yeah, I, I just think for now I'd keep away from both of them as well. Some people are trying to get on the Richarlison bandwagon again. I I just would avoid it. Yeah, you're right. He's out one more this game week as well. Um, so I'm just going to – I'll wait and see. There, there's probably at some point in the season I'm going to have a player from one of these teams as like deep bench fodder, but I don't see any other reason why I'd have players from either team. Yeah, and I'd have to double-check when Everton's fixtures change, but – well, I do. I do think Richarlison or Walcott are the player to have if, I, but on Everton at some point, but not right now. Okay. Uh, Southampton Brighton is the last matches on Monday. Um, again, two teams that I'm not super interested in. Uh, I am keeping my eye on Danny Ings. There's a chance I could actually bring him in this week to free up some funds. Just depends on like some injury issues on my team. He's got some decent underlying stats. He hasn't played 90. That's the only thing that concerns me a little bit. He's playing like 70 minutes a game, uh, which I don't love, but he is getting in a lot of dangerous areas. He, he seems to kind of be their man. Um, nobody on Brighton though that I'm interested in at all. And really, I'm not interested not in the Glenn game. Murray. No, not, no, Jake, stop it, stop it. I will. I'd rather have Glenn Murray if I had to pick someone on these teams. But you take Murray over Ings. Uh, I guess he, their funds aren't that different. Yeah, I guess Murray's probably on. Um, he's going to be on pens now because Gross missed his penalty. Yeah, I don't know. Murray just he just scores. How old is Murray? Ridiculous. Yeah, like 40? I don't know. Like, what's he do to stay fit and, like, score goals? Is, like, I just... Is he fit? I don't, I don't know. know. I just I just wonder, like, what do people, like, laugh when they have to, like, mark him on the pitch and then he bangs two goals and they're like, oh, shit, I forgot he's actually not that bad. I, I don't know. So, he's 34. Just unbelievable to me. Yeah, I mean, so. he, yeah, I don't know. He has a decent... Like, Benteke can't score a goal, <laughs> yeah, but seriously. Glenn Murray can. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's all the games. Do you have anything else you want to chat about? No, I, th I think that's good. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Well, let's get into uh, a section of the, the pod that we didn't do last week. We'll, we kind of talked about it a little earlier, but we'll revisit it quickly. And it's the It's a Trap, the Admiral Akbar section of the pod. Uh, and we just think that uh, one of the big things at this point in the season, a lot of managers started their season out with a pretty weak bench to go with players that they knew were going to start and try to get their funds into their starting lineup. Uh, but Europa League's kind of taken off now, full full force. Uh, we've got Champions League group stages starting in a couple weeks. Uh, we've got 
Um, some other domestic cup matches beginning. So things, there's going to be some fixture pile up here. Now, as I did say before, I, I do think that like a team like Liverpool is going to need to probably play uh, their their best players in most of their matches. But there is going to be some rotation coming for those top teams like Spurs and United and Liverpool and uh, City. So I think you need to have my opinion is that you need to have at least two players that you know are going to play every week off your bench. Yeah, I completely agree. So you are pretty foolish if you're taking 4.5 forwards and 4.5 defenders. Even if they just play and they're only going to get you two points, it's a little bit scary at this time. I think you need to have a more balanced team. So Yeah, balance it out. Um, make sure that you have some coverage. So, All right, um, we're going to skip our our special section this week. I was going to make Jake answer some kind of weird sexual FPL questions, uh, but I haven't actually had a chance to like hash them all out. So I'll save them for the next pod, Jake. Is that cool with you? Yeah, that works. That's good. But I'm going to write them out so that they're like hypersexual and really weird. Okay, I'm so excited. I don't really like the way you said that to me. It makes me uncomfortable. Can you please <laughs> put your pants back on? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're still on. No, they're not. I can see you right now. You have them off. No, I'm in LA. You can't see. Whatever, man. FaceTime. Okay. Uh, captain shouts. Who, um, who's your captain for the week, Jake? Uh, if I bring in Hazard, it's going to be him. What if you don't? Who? So. <laughs> uh, Alonzo? <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not an outrageous idea. I mean, what are their clean sheet odds? Have we looked at that? What are the, what are the chances that they clean against, um, against Cardiff? It's gotta be the best. I don't, I don't know. So. Yeah. I don't think that, oh, the clean sheet odds have not all been posted yet. So, um, odds on FPL has, let me see if they've, if they've posted their clean sheets, probably a little early in the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there's a chance that they can get a clean sheet, uh, why not, right? Why not consider that team or Alonzo uh, for for the captain spot? Yeah, I, I mean, Saul is not an unreasonable choice. It's just a little bit hard away from home. I mean, he'll probably get an assist or a goal. Still a little bit scary to me, but okay. Um, what about Aguero? If I had him, maybe I I just am scared. I like Man City, man. I don't know. They rotate so much, and like Aguero just doesn't. His underlying stats are good. He just, he disappointed me, I feel, like paying for his price. And like, maybe it's because I didn't captain him when I should have and did captain him when I, like, he got me an assist. But I'm off the bandwagon there. I would much rather go with Lukaku moving forward, who's 0.3 cheaper. So. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to go, I'm probably going to captain Aguero this week. So, because he's going to have a brace. So. There's that. Yeah, I just don't see it. So I think maybe a goal. All right, well, but. you're an idiot, so nobody trusts you anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should probably kind of like wrap the pot up today just like talking about maybe a little bit more about your wild card and kind of kind of like what your plans are just because it's such a big deal to wild card at this point in the season. So you've talked a little bit about some of your like attacking options, and I know that it's only Tuesday, so you're obviously you're going to change a bit with potential injuries and things like that. Um, you talked last week about how balance was going to be your kind of the name, the, the strategy, if you will, for your wild card. So, I mean, what did you, what have you kind of initially decided on in terms of like player distribution and uh, who are your like main premiums and just things like that? Just riff for a minute about yeah. your wild card. I'll, I'll tell you who's like nailed on my team sure. that I'm not getting rid That's of. Good. Like Alonzo's, Alonzo's on my team. Salah's going to be on my team right now. I, I don't have him because I was trying to gain funds elsewhere, and I knew Salah would stay at 13 mil, yep. if that makes sense, but he's going to be on my team. Um, Mitrovic and Wilson are going to be on my team. Uh, other than that, that's where I start to... Oh, and, and David Silva. I think that he's going to be a good player to have moving forward. Um, I just like how many chances he creates for that team. And if Man City are going to score goals, I think he's going to be a part of them. Granted, I would rather have the guy that's going to get the goals, but I think you're having to pay too much with Sterling or, you know, I guess I'll just be hoping Mahrez scores a bunch of goals that get passed to him from Silva. I don't know. Um, What's trickier to me is what do I do with the rest of my midfield? And I think Hazard is the big question. 
Um, right now I'm leaning toward having him. But then the mid-priced midfielders are like, where do you go right now? Do you stick with Mora, who plays for a good team and plays up top, but I don't know what happens when Sun comes back? Do you take the risk going back to an Everton player? I think there's, I think those are the players you need to consider. Um, even like Pereira, I, I'm not interested in him, but like that price range, I guess. Um, but I just don't know who to go with yet at that point. And then the big question up top for me is, do I go with Vardy or not? And I'm leaning toward no. I'm leaning toward going very low up top. So, Do you get nervous that if you go really low up top, then it's going to be pretty hard to get back to like a premium if you would ever want one? Yeah, that's the, what's really concerning to me. So I, I'm there's... There's no way to have Salah, Hazard, and Lukaku on my team and keep it balanced. Yeah. So I could probably find a way with Vardy, um, but it means I would have to go low goalkeepers and get rid of Robertson or Mendy. I, I've I've posed this question to you guys, and I mean, you can answer it again on the pod, but would you, if you had to pick, would you get rid of Robertson or would you get rid of Mendy? And who would you go to? I'd get rid of Robertson. Okay. And who I'd go to is a little bit of a harder question. I had said to you before. Like, let's say five miller. Right. I had said to you before, like, I would maybe consider, like, even going to Trent Alexander-Arnold and being, like, okay, knowing that he's probably going to get rotated a little bit, right? Uh, But just Mm -hmm. be, like, okay with that and play him. Hopefully he plays, like, in the games that you need him to play in. Um, You know, if he wouldn't have died, I would have considered Shaw at five. Manchester United have some okay fixtures coming up, and it seems like Mourinho has a huge boner over him. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of Shaw till he died, too, yeah. so that was a little bit hard. And actually, Frazier getting injured kind of ruins my plans right now a little bit, too, because I think he was a good shout for his price, but oh, now yeah. it's hard to drop below him. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. I mean, I think you're right. I think that the right move out of a wild card is going to basically be to have about seven template players right like about seven guys that are high ownership your salas your alonzo's you know possibly aguero um you know robertson mendy those types of players and then the other the rest of your guys are really going to be where you make it right um so you might go with like one or two lower price guys to enable some starters to be a little bit better need to make sure they're players, right, that play. But then where you're really going to make your differential is are probably going to be in that those midfield spots. That's kind of where I see it. Yeah, and that's where I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'll be writing an article on it, but really, really the only guys that interest me in that spot right now are Pedro, Mora, and like maybe an Everton guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do think Sun's coming back and will be interesting, but... I st- I don't like Pereira, and I would stay away from Arsenal as well. Um, so that's what becomes trickier. And like FPL Sexy was asking, like, is Pedro Hazard too much? And I was like, yes. Yeah. So that also kind of makes it tricky if I go with Hazard. So I feel like Pedro's not a bad pick. He's probably I don't like him really, but William Pedro's probably guaranteed to start the next match. Is what I'm saying. So. Yeah, I, I that's and that's another reason why Hazard's harder for me to go with because it frees up so so many more funds. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you really have to nail your other midfielder picks. Like you can't go with a Madison and then he doesn't get you any returns. Like or he returns maybe like an assist every other game. Like that's probably not going to be enough. So I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, that's about it. I mean, good luck figuring it all out. I mean, it's a uh... It's it'll be a tricky next couple of days for you, but hopefully, like the pressers coming out Thursday and Friday, will let you know like who's hurt and who's not, and you can you can make your decisions then. Yeah, it's gonna change a lot. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DiveFPL. Uh, we haven't been as active on there lately. I started a new job, so I uh, haven't had as much time to to interact with people. So sorry, I'm not ignoring people. I just haven't had time. Um, the art of the dive on Insta. Uh, online check out our, our website divefpl.com facebook uh join our mini league uh it's only going to be open i think till game week eight so one two seven four eight seven one eight eight six two nine 
127-487-188-629. We've got like about 70 people in there now. And then make sure you download our podcast and subscribe, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Player FM, wherever you get your podcasts now. We're basically everywhere. Um, You know, we big time. We made it. Right, Jake? Yeah, we did. Cheers, y'all, maka. It doesn't make sense. No, you could have said it there, right? Like, it's kind of like saying, yeah, hey, hey, see ya, my friend. Hello, my friend. You know? Oh, like if I was... Com- but, but it says it's hello, not well, you know, I think it works. Cheers, y'all. Yeah, you know, I think it works. All right. Uh, I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. And remember, you should die. Cheers, y'all, maka. <laughs> I hope that's on there. Why would it not be? Yeah, I don't know.